Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Well, good evening or good morning or good afternoon or whatever time it is that you are listening to this broadcast. We want to say welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. I'm your host, uh, Steve Pearson. I am the pastor of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah, and Shouts of Grace Radio is an extension of that ministry. If you are joining us for the first time, then we want to let you know that we have a website that you can go to and you can catch up on all the past broadcasts. That website is shoutsofgraceradio.com and hope you enjoy that. And if you are a return listener, we want to say welcome back and thank you for your support. And as always, we want to give a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. If you have listened to the program before, you know that Shouts of Grace, um, how we usually do things is we'll have different pastors on as guests, um, some here local in Utah and then others uh, from around the country, and we just basically sit and have a conversation. And so today we're going to do something a little different. Um, I am here by myself. I am in the studio all alone. I don't have a caller. I don't have a guest. And the reason is, is because um, I feel that the Lord has kind of laid something on my heart that I'd like to share uh, with our listeners that I, I think um, really matters um, in today's world. Um, you and I live in a world that is um, has a philosophy and has an ideology that's really pressing in hard on the church and challenging the church's uh, beliefs, um, its its philosophies, and um, which goes directly to the leaders of the church. And so what's happening is what has traditionally um, been accepted as a place where people can come and hear truth that's that's separate from the world, as Scripture says, um, of the people of God, that they're to come out and be separate from them, that is the unbeliever, and we're to touch not the unclean thing. What's happening is the church is essentially being told that if it wants relevance um, and it wants to be able to minister to the unbeliever, the cover charge is we need to uh, dilute our message or we need to uh, kind of calm down a little bit and, and not be so offensive or so confrontational, however uh, the the world is is defining that. And, and, and I think the problem is, and what's kind of led to me wanting to kind of take this time with you uh, here on this episode, um, is that churches and leaders are listening. And there's a great fear, I think, that um, that exists that um, that that leaders aren't aren't showing the fortitude sometimes to stand strong for the gospel, and and they're listening to the world. And so I thought what I would do is take an episode, and and do two things. First, address the pastors and leaders with a word of encouragement, um, and also at the same time to the people because the people are the ones that fill churches. And 
you need to protect yourself. Jesus said in Matthew 24 uh, to his disciples, see to it that no one deceives you. In other words, the responsibility uh, to preserve ourselves from deception is placed upon us as the congregant. And so, you know, what ought we to look for? Um, what ought we to, 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 you know, hold as a standard when we do go to a church in regard to um, not just its, its theology and its, 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 you know, leadership style, but also its philosophy and how it implements its theology. Because sometimes a church can can have the theology straight and you could read a statement of faith and go, oh, wow, you know, they believe in all the tenets of Christianity, but their philosophy and how they apply their their theology is just really um, whack. <laughs> There's no other way of putting it. You're like, man, you know, okay, they believe all the right things, but what they practice and how they, you know, engage people and engage ministry is just so outside the realm of wisdom, you know? And, and so anyway, so I thought we'd take this time and we'd kind of go through it. And so what I want to do is kind of kick it off and I want to uh, kind of appeal to a couple of scriptures first and then, and then we'll kind of go from there. Um, when we talk about the church folks, the church is God's place, right? There, there's no way of putting it. It's a place where God is to get the glory. God is the central focus. He's the one we come to worship, right? Jesus, Jesus said to the woman at the well, when she said, you know, the, you know, we worship in this mountain, you Jews say we need to worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus says to this woman, she says, uh, he says, woman, I tell you the truth, the hour is coming and now is we're true worshipers of God. He says, we'll worship in spirit and in truth. Um, and God is seeking such to worship him. And so the worship of God is based on truth and there's a spiritual part of it. In other words, it's not physical. It's not something that we can build a building and put all the right things and all the right sound systems in and all the right lights and all that stuff. And then say, we're worshiping God. Well, the worship of God is first spiritual and it's truthful. And so regardless of the physical elements or the physical aspects that has nothing to do according to Jesus' words with worship right and so we need to understand that but the bigger issue i think is what god says about himself in isaiah 42 8 god says that i am the lord there is no other and i will not give my glory to another right so god's glory is reserved for him the reverence the worship um that that we give to god is for god and so god doesn't compete with giving his glory to anyone else interestingly enough in john 17 when jesus was praying um he said father now glorify me with the glory which i had with you before the foundations of the world world so jesus and the father because they are one or they're they're the same god He's saying there that that you and I have the same glory. Now, here's the key. When you go into Ephesians 3.21, Paul says that God is to get glory in the church throughout every generation. So hear this, both, both pastors and leaders as well as the people. The church is for the glory of God, period. It is not for the honor of men. It is not for the uplifting of men because God doesn't share his glory with anybody else. And so that's important for us to understand. And the reason is, is because something's happening today, which essentially is always happening, but it seems like it's on steroids now. Something's happening in the church today where it seems that people are becoming the object of glory, where, where people, 
pastors, leaders are using God's platform to bring honor to themselves, to feed themselves or to feed their ego or to feed something that that they can get self-gratification out of. Maybe it's a position of honor and, and they like when people call them leaders or pastors, right? Or they like, you know, when people acknowledge their abilities and their giftings and they like to be associated with success. And so it's happening in the church today. And I think that we need to be really careful because God is serious about this. There's one that gets glory in the church and it's him. So what is the role of a leader? Or what is the role of a pastor? Um, and, and I think this is important for congregants that might be listening to here as well. When Jesus got to the beach and cooked breakfast for his disciples in John chapter 20, he sat down with one of them named Peter and he told Peter, Peter, I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to feed my sheep. And he told it to him twice. And then the third time he said, I want you to tend to them. In other words, he was commissioning Peter that people have the most important role. I want to say that again. People in the church, according to Jesus, are the ones that are to be fed and tended to. They are the ones that are the focus when it comes to ministry. The focus is never to be the organization. The focus is never to be the growth of a church. The focus is never to be rear ends in the seat. That is unbiblical. It is unscriptural. And usually it is attached to an ulterior motive where some person or some people in the church are receiving the glory rather than God. In God's economy, the pastor, the leaders of a church are to feed God's people. They're to tend to his sheep. Another example of that is in Ezekiel 34. In Ezekiel 34, God is talking to the shepherds and he says something very interesting that, man, I, I think we should pay attention to you. And pastors or leaders that might be listening to this, I really encourage you pay attention to this as well as congregants. In Ezekiel 34, in verse one, listen to what it says. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. These are the these would be the, the, the prophets. He says, uh, the, pro, uh, the, the prophets and pastors. He says, prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus saith the Lord, ah, shepherds of Israel, who have fed themselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. I want you to listen to that. Once again, as he tells Peter in the New Testament, God now woes the shepherds in the old, and he says, your responsibility was to feed the sheep. The problem is you fed yourselves. You looked at the platform that God gave you as a shepherd as an opportunity to clothe yourselves with the best clothes, to make sure that you had the best things to eat, and you didn't feed my people. So when we talk about a pastor, one of the things that congregants you should look for is, do they feed you? What do I mean by that? 
The only thing that a pastor has, the only thing that a leader has to give to you is the Word of God. That is his commission. He is to take what the Lord has said and he is to expound on it and give it to you as food to feed your soul. So the role of the pastor is not to glorify himself. It's not to clothe themselves in the best wool or have the best watches or have the best homes or have the best cars or have the best reputation and be liked the most with the fanciest tattoos. Not that there's anything wrong with tattoos. The point is, is the church is not for him. Let me say that again. The church is not for the leader. It is not to build his reputation amongst men because that's to rob glory from God. It is to tend to the people and the organization and the ministry always takes a back seat to the people. Instead, what you see happening a lot today is everything regarding people is thrown to the side for the purpose of building the ministry. So the people and their needs are put secondary. And so um, I would encourage leaders that are listening to this, that um, if, if you find yourself in a place where the people are going without so that the ministry could be built, I would encourage you to redirect your efforts and understand um, that, that God's into people. He didn't die for a ministry. He didn't die for an organization. He died for the people that make that up. And if that ever gets switched and the ministry and the church and the organization and the growth of it becomes more important than the people that make it up, then we have departed as shepherds from what God has called us to do. And so I would encourage leaders to rethink that as well. Um, I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, I want to give you uh, a little bit more on that, an example in Scripture of how God feels about that and somebody who tried to do that. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm glad you can join us today. Um, I am uh, Pastor Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill Church, the host of Shouts of Grace Radio. And today we're doing something a little different on the broadcast. We are, um, I'm kind of in studio by myself today, and I'm just looking at this this idea of, of what church leaders and, and what the church ought to look like and what congregants ought to expect from their leaders. And before the break, we we're just talking about uh, the need for pastors to understand their role and leaders to understand their role and congregants to understand what the role is of those people who you put yourself under to shepherd your souls. And, and one of those is to feed you is to feed the people and, and to not build the ministry and use the platform to bring self glorification, which we see a lot. And so what I want to do is, is I want to look at acts chapter eight for a second, because there's somebody here that did this. And I, and I want you to see what the response was. In Acts chapter 8, um, you know, in verse 9, there's a man named Simon, and he's a magician. I want you to just listen to a couple of verses here. It says, there was a man named Simon who, was previous, who had previously practiced magic in the city, and he amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. 
They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest. This man is the power of God that is called great, they said. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized and they ended up following the Lord. And then it says in verse 14, Now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. So Peter and John come down, and they lay hands on people, they give them the Holy Spirit, and then something interesting happens. It says now in verse 18, When Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of hands of the apostles, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you. And Peter goes on to call him to repentance. But here is the point. This man had a place of honor, and he was honoring himself, and all of the people were honoring him. And he was the central focus. And when the gospel came in, Lo, I want you to notice, it was the people that turned to Jesus. They didn't turn to the people that proclaimed the message of Jesus. They were little. They were nothing. They turned to the gospel and were baptized. And when Simon saw this, Simon said, I want this power too. Now, he he wasn't wanting this power so that he can give God honor and that he could give God the glory. He came from a place of prestige. And what was happening is now someone else, Jesus was being more honored than him in the city and he couldn't handle it. So he said, yeah, I want this. Here's the point. This man had a platform of honor from people, and what ended up happening was when when the gospel confronted them and turned their attention towards who it was they should be honoring, he got upset and said, "Well, I better I better replay my game so that I can restore uh, have this this place of honor restored." Simon wanted the praises of men, and as a result, Peter would say to him, "You know what? Your money perished with you." And he called this man to repentance. And I say all that to go back to what we were talking about before the break. Um, the platform in the church is for God and God alone. And so to you, the congregant, if you are in a place where it seems like the man is bringing honor to himself, when it seems like the man is building his own kingdom, when it seems like his accomplishments are being upheld, and it seems like he wants, you know, the attention, he's, he leads in such a way where, where people need to listen to everything he says, and if they don't listen to everything he says, then, then you're just, you know, you're just rebellious people, and he's using it as a platform to bring honor to himself you need to be really careful with that because that place is reserved only for the Lord. Um, I, I think of John chapter nine, right around verse 22. Um, when you have this blind man who receives his sight, Jesus touches him and receives his sight and he was blind from birth and he starts running around and, and the religious people get very angry at this. And so um, they end up going to this um, this man's par- uh, this man's parents and they want to confirm that he's been blind from birth and now he can see. And so they go and they ask him, is this true? And it says something very interesting. They, the parents say, go ask him. He can tell you. And it says, because they were afraid of the Jews or of the Pharisees for being put out of fear, out of being put out of the synagogue. In other words, they were responding to a culture of fear and a culture of intimidation that had been set up and they operated their, their worship in that, in that system. And you guys, I see a lot of that happening today when man takes the platform and he, he wants, certainly he wouldn't say a pastor would never say, well, I want worship. That would be, that would be too upfront. 
But what they do is they create a, an atmosphere of fear where people know, man, I can't, I can't go against anything that he says. I'm afraid of what might happen if I challenge it or whatever. And, and here's what ends up happening is inadvertently honor be, is given to the man more than it is God. Even when God does great things, you might be afraid to celebrate because if it's something against what the pastor says, then man, you know, what, 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 what would happen if he found out maybe I'll be, you know, kicked out or, or whatever. And so this is extremely unhealthy in an unhealthy environment that they were worshiping in. And, and, and so, you know, I, I want to transition here for a second and I just want to talk to the leaders, um, Brothers, sisters, the temptation is real, very real um, to take a platform for yourself and to create something where you're in charge um, more than the authority that God has given you and to rule and run people's lives. That is a very real temptation. And oftentimes I think we misunderstand passages as leaders like Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders. And we forget Hebrews 13, 7, which tells us, you know, that, that we're to observe the conduct of leaders, um, you know, before it is that we put ourselves under people have the right to observe our character and see what kind of people we are. And if we ever step out of line, there is absolutely the right for people to question what's wrong. We don't have an authority that knows everything, nor do we have an authority that says we're right on everything. And, and any challenge to that ought to be met with humility because who knows, God may be using somebody in our midst to convict us, who to bring us a message. And we can't just assume because we have this role or this position that, that we're always right and untouchable. The grace of God will sometimes come to us through people that he's placed around us. And we want to make sure that we never um, hold them uh, afar off. And, and one other thing I would say before I, before I say a last word to uh, the congregant who might be listening, um, to the pastors, Ezekiel 34, to the leaders, um, can I can, can I finish what we had started earlier when it says that God woes the shepherds because they fed themselves? Um, here's what he says in verse four of Ezekiel 34 um, as a part of the woes. He said, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness or cruelty, you have ruled them, so they were scattered. And he'll go on to say, I'm going to require my sheep at your hand. Here is the point in all this. Notice God's attention towards the sheep. It's towards the sheep. It's not towards the building of an organization or the building of a structure or the building of a church. It's the care of the people. And if you lose the care of the people in your vision to build the church, you might find yourself living out the reality of Revelation 3 when Jesus comes to the church of Laodicea and he says, you say that I'm rich and you or you say that you're rich and you you can see and, and, and you know, goes down a list. He says, I tell you, you are poor, miserable, blind and naked. You want to be careful that the people don't get lost in your ambition to build something that isn't from God, but it is your ambition in your plan. It's nothing wrong with having a church that's large, and there's nothing wrong with God building something magnificent, but there is something very wrong if that takes precedence over the care of the people, because what ends up happening is when people aren't the first thing, 
listen, you'll end up ruling them with cruelty because if they interfere with your vision to build the, the monument to yourself, the glory to yourself in the church, as you're pouring all your interest in the organization and the church, if they interfere with that, you'll rule them cruelty. You'll send them down the road because they're not the focus, you are. And so to the leader, I would encourage you, really examine your vision in light of God's declaration that he's the one to get glory. Really examine it. To the congregant in the last minute, you are loved by God. You are, you are cared for by the Lord. And in Jeremiah 23, because the shepherds were so rancid, uh, God says, I will appoint shepherds. And when God appoints a shepherd to care for your soul— you will be important to them. You know, you're, you're not going to be ruled harshly. You're going to be listened to. And that doesn't mean that, 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 you know, they'll always agree with you, but you'll have, you'll have the ear of the shepherd. You'll be able to share your hurt and your pain and they'll walk with you. Listen, a shepherd will tell you the truth. You live in a day and age where shepherds aren't telling you the truth. They're telling you that you can do whatever you want, whatever's right in your own eyes. And they're letting you, you know, take evil and call it good. And that's not a good shepherd. A shepherd is okay to tell you this will hurt you. And so the bottom line is you should be attending a church where the shepherd cares for you, not himself, and doesn't feed his own ego, but cares for your soul. And so I want to talk more on this on a different episode, but we're out of time for today. So thank you for joining us on this episode of Shouts of Grace, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.